Welcome to the Resellers Niche Podcast, a show for e-commerce buyers and sellers where we investigate unique categories of items being bought and sold and show how research equals knowledge equals profit. And now your hosts, Russ and Mo. We are live. How's it going, folks? Welcome back to the Reseller Niche Podcast. Uh, Russ will be with us soon. And I'd like to uh, let everybody know about our guest real fast. Uh, it's the Shane, the rising grind picker, um, gracing us with his presence. And we are going to talk today about everything reselling, um, vintage, everything Shane's doing, um, his YouTube channel, uh, which I have below. Um, it's actually in the show notes, so please subscribe to him, Rising Grind Picker. So, how's it going, Shane? Good, Mo. Uh, I'm glad to. Uh, it's it's awesome that you and Russ invited me on, and we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. And uh, appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, for anyone, I mean, I'm sure people know you. We're actually a lot newer than you are. Uh, you're big on YouTube and let uh, give people kind of a basic background on yourself real fast. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so what I do is I, I will run Craigslist ads. I buy storage units. I buy estate buyouts and closeouts and I'll do thrift stores, garage sales, you name it. And I source items. I'll do, I do wholesale as well. Um, some wholesale I'm dabbling in that and I will flip it on eBay. Um, I'm currently started just selling on Mercari and I'll be selling on Poshmark probably by the end of the week. And then, um, I dabbled in Amazon. Um, it didn't go too well, but I might kind of feed back into Amazon a little bit. Um, probably all merch fulfilled. Um, when I like, potentially near the fourth quarter but that's what i do and i um i've been doing this since 2005 um i actually started buying storage units in 2005 and then the shows got really big so it kind of kind of weeded all the profit out nice nice i i, I mean i've been to just to segue a little bit with in terms of storage units um, is that something you still do or is it like, or is it kind of just, you kind of taper down a little bit or. Yeah, I dabble in it now. Um, I'll, I'll still do storage units. Uh, I'll buy them online. There's a website it's called, uh, storage Yeah. And you can bid on them online. Occasionally I will go to a storage auction. I am still on the mailing list of most of the storage facilities around my area. And then also, What's awesome is I actually um, have like know some guys that run their own storage facilities. So when someone doesn't pay, nice. they will actually come to me and just sell it to me. Um, so how does that work exactly? Because I know there's rules, I, mm -hmm. I guess it's state by state, but how does it work when, I mean, I know there's set auctions, but when, you know, when these guys, they own the place, how does that work when mm -hmm. they do that? So really if in so on storagetreasures.com um what i've ran into is the thing about that is there's no it's really confusing but they are putting it up but they can cancel at any time but if you buy it you can't cancel okay. so i i was actually bidding on five of them and winning on all five one day and i had like an hour left and they canceled all five um what? <laughs> because the buyer actually or the uh the seller actually uh, 
resolve the debt with the tenant. So oh, they had to cancel it. But see, when you go to like a live storage auction, they don't have the benefit of canceling it. So once you buy it, it's yours. It's done. You put your own lock on it and go. Um, the thing is, in Illinois, you have to have – so auctioneers, if you take it to auction, uh, they have to have an auctioneer's license. And they even have to go to auctioneer school in Illinois. Okay. And that's where I live is Illinois. But if they own their own facility, they can choose to sell it and not take it to auction. Um, and they can sell it for profit. Really? Yep. Really? That's, yep. that's, that's interesting. I, I, to be honest, I should know the rules in this because I'm in California. I mm -hmm. don't, I mean, I've been to, I've never actually purchased a storage uh, unit. I've looked at a bunch. I've gone online and looked at a bunch. I just haven't. So that's something I need to do. But I mean, that's, is that specifically for your county or state, you know, or is that uh Oh, that's, that's state. I mean, okay. and most of these storage facility guys, a lot of them, they don't even do auctions at all. They'll just outright. Most of them will take it to auction because they want the most money for it. But there's some like really small storage unit. Like the guys only, you know, usually own just one facility and it's like okay. less, less than 50 units. Most of the smaller guys, they fly in under the radar enough where they can just outright, if they don't pay, they just send them papers that they're evicting them or whatever, and then they'll sell it. Okay. Um, okay. As long as they have it like in tight on the legal end, um, civilly, like you're all good for the most part. Okay. Because around here, it's mainly like um, public storage. Um, I know um, what you call Home Depot, not Home Depot. U-Haul has their own, and oh, those wow. are the big. Yeah, those are the those are the big ones. Um, and there's other companies too, uh, yeah. but. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's just the Bay Area or not, but uh, that's that's. I mean, as far as the stuff you get in the store, I know I'm segueing a little bit, but as far as stuff you found in these, that, that always intrigues me because I know TV, yeah. I hype it up, and they've got you know like, oh, I found the Mona Lisa, I found a copy of the you know whatever. Right. They don't ever really find. What do you really? What have you really found? So, the thing is, you're not going to hit gold in every unit. I've I've never really lost a lot of money on a unit. I've broke even and I've probably lost money with like gas and you know, all that stuff. Um, back when I was doing it really hot and heavy in 2005, 2007, probably around there, I was buying three to four to five units in auction. Some of them would not be very good and you would probably just about break even but there's been a couple. Um, one of them that stands out is I actually bought a unit for $1,200 one time. It see, it sounds like a lot. It does. Um, but it had this like old barn or not an old barn. I would say it was a new barn, but it was disassembled and all the wood was piled on top. <clears throat> you can okay. see down below, there was this like really old truck in there and it was just like a Chevy S10 and it was looked pretty beat up. But then you could see like in the back some like new stuff. So I bid on it and I won it at 1200 And when I removed all the wood from the disassembled barn, it was all brand new power tools stacked up to the ceiling. Oh, yeah. mackerel. I really lucked out and I made probably, I would say, around five to $6,000 off it. 
I was actually loading. I had a truck and trailer at the time. I don't right now, but eventually I want to get a box truck. But I had a truck and trailer at the time, and I was loading my trailer up while posting stuff on Craigslist. And by the time I got my trailer loaded up, I had about nine hundred dollars in my pocket from Damn. selling from selling it while loading it up. Damn. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy because I, I get the sense that around here they kind of. I don't know if it's legal or not. The guys that own it kind of cherry pick. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. That's the sense I've always got that they kind of like stick their head in there or they know what's in there. Um, yeah. I've, I've been to some auctions where they load the, they load it, they load the, uh, the unit. So, and that's where I stopped going to those places. Okay. Um, like one time I walked up and I was bidding on a unit. And as soon as I seen it, I immediately stopped bidding, but they had a, an old jewelry box and they pulled okay. the 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 actual they pulled the uh, drawer out and stuffed it with costume jewelry flowing out of it. So some of those facilities will actually load the units to make them look good. But is it because I always assumed that they'll like front load a little bit. They'll have like a, a you know, here's a box of you know vintage records or something or something the, like electronics or mm -hmm. tools like you found. Or something like that in the front. And then when you go back there, there's like mattresses and like mm -hmm. who knows what else, old clothes, that kind of stuff. You can you can kind of tell when they do that though, because so like most of the time, like the way stuff is stacked, you can tell if someone's moved it. If you've done it enough, like if you've done it enough, you can definitely look at it and be like, yeah, they they move that around or they move this around. You know, usually the good stuff, the really good stuff, is going to be hidden. Like it's not even going to be right there in front so nice nice and then russ has made it how's it going russ how are you it, it's technically challenging but we're making it <laughs> there you go how are you doing i'm the one with the internet issues but that's that's great, okay russ. great russ thanks for having me on tonight how are how are you i'm good listen i wanted i i wanted to talk to you both at the beginning of the show but uh what I, so this is the one Mo's been cheating on me with. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I go wait. I go for wait for a while, Mo. You find another. Right? What can I say? What can I say? He's good oh, people. He dropped off again. He dropped off nope, again. That's okay. He might his internet connection is kind of. He's just yeah. he's just in the. He's just back in town, so we might see that a lot. So yeah. Russ will be back with us in a second. Oh, there we go. He's already back. I think. But yeah, that'll take him a couple of seconds. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because Russ actually has more knowledge about uh, storage units than I do. Uh, he's he was in. Let me see. Where is he in? Louis he was in Louisiana before, and now oh, he's wow. in. Ge he's in Georgia now in the Savannah area. I've hey Russ, we're, um, <laughs> we're just yeah. talking about storage units, and have, I don't know if you've got a chance to look at any in the Savannah area or where you are right now. Uh, how we're, are they over there? We're looking into it. I tell you that the neatest thing that I've seen on storage units is they're all going to the auction, online auction. Okay. Uh, where you don't have to go there. So is that, Shane, I, I watched your video on uh, turning 500 into 10K. <laughs> yeah. Was, was that more of a wholesale or was that a storage unit? No. So that was a little bit... Um... It was a unique situation. Uh, I actually got contacted by a YouTube subscriber. And they're like, hey, do you still live in this area in Illinois? And I said, yeah. And so what happened was they actually put me in touch with a real estate agent 
she had sold this like four hundred thousand dollar house and was having the walkthrough and on like that Friday and it was like Wednesday night and she had uh the basement of this house all filled with bubble mailers still brand new in a box wow. from the floor wow. to the ceiling and it was I think it's around I think it's probably I haven't counted them all yet. I took a really quick inventory and the first row I have about three and a half rows and they're from the floor to the ceiling and they just have a little tiny aisle way. I have to like really suck it in and like kind of scoot down. <laughs> like I counted 69 boxes or 68 in the first half of the first row. Wow. Wow. You're all set. I, I, yeah. I noticed you did something really smart though. And this is what I didn't do on my first like big buy like that or, uh, or, you know, hit, I hit a hoarder house one time and it taught us you immediately went and got the U-Haul. Yeah. And you immediately went and got help. Yep. Man, that's brilliant. Cause uh, you know, that's pro tips right there because I, I tried, we tried to pick a, a hoarder house. It was just me and my, my brother-in-law. And by the end of the day, we said, we should have just told the guy we'll buy everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's and me. I would have been busting him up. Busting right. my ass in a Civic, trying to fit it all in there. <laughs> trying to shove it in, cram it in there. Yeah. And, and that's just like my knowledge from buying storage units because I used to buy a ton of them back in like 2005, 2007. And so there you have to most, – most places like in Illinois give you 24 hours. That's it. Right. And so if you buy four units and you're like, oh, crap, I can't fit it. You have to find something in 24 hours. So – this was just right up my alley. Like I had about 48 hours or less to come up with a plan to move it all. And nice. I knew exactly what I needed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, it's very smart. And it's that knowledge that makes it. Now you, you say you're, you're in Illinois. Now yeah. I want you to look real close on that. St. Louis right Cardinals there. right there. Hey, I'm a huge Cardinals fan. So that's awesome. Okay, good. I was going to say, we were going to have to end this conversation. Yeah. If you had a, a blue team. No, I don't, I don't, I don't like the Cubs. <laughs> no i i actually uh live about two hours from st louis and we try to attend a couple cardinals games once a year sometimes we don't make it but we try that's there the area go. i grew up in so yeah so, so nice my, my my blood i bleed cardinal red hey me too same here awesome <laughs> There you go. So I'm going to segue on here a little bit. Um, actually, last thing, how's it going in terms of uh, selling some of that stuff? Are you getting a lot of people like hitting you up on Craigslist or how's that working? So I haven't even posted them to Craigslist yet, to be honest. Oh, with okay. You. okay. Um, I posted them to Facebook and I, I really don't like selling on Facebook marketplace. So I posted them on Facebook and I offered shipping. Haven't really had that much of a kind of a turnaround on Facebook. But I've sold to some of my YouTube subscribers. Um, they kind of hit me up through email and I sold to them. And then I've also sold, I just sold a box on eBay. So I sold today a box of 500. So one case of bubble mailers. Nice. And I sold it for 50, hold on. I sold it for $54.99. Nice. There you go. Nice. That's so that's awesome. about one third of what i paid for the whole lot like back in you know one sale so and i just actually got the listings up a few days ago i've really slacked on it i really slacked on it 
No, that's a, you, you, on your video. You said you know you. I wanted to to say that, man. You were drained. It's yeah, big wholesale like that, and that even though you had help and everything, it's draining. Yeah. It will it will flat wear you out. Yeah, and I I actually loaded the you or unloaded the whole twenty foot U haul by myself, and I started like throwing up in the middle of it, and I had to finish it and just and I really when I got home I was super sick like and. I didn't have the flu. I think it was just, I was dehydrated. I had worked for almost two days, just moving boxes and I was just yeah. super dehydrated. It can, it, it takes a toll. We recently did a uh, military bulk buy. Oh, wow. And we, you know, carrying every, I live on the second floor. So carrying everything up, mm -hmm. the steps, you know, it, it, we, by the time we got it here, we were exhausted. Yeah, Russ, I agree. Like, carrying that stuff and then someone in my like on my video said did you have a dolly yeah i had a dolly it doesn't matter it's still exhausting it's not gonna help that much <laughs> it's still a u-haul full yeah. of yeah yeah you, you gotta get it out of that thing they're light uh, they can they, they start adding up yeah exactly and i'm like yeah i had a dolly but it didn't help <laughs> no no not at all all right now let me see here i want to talk about vintage because i i to be honest, the first time I saw Shane online, I was watching um, Vintage Spy, and mm -hmm. you were talking about like shirts and uh, vintage jeans, and because a lot of people these days are kind of, um, let's say, because we're in the slow season, they're complaining a lot. That's yep. kind of typical for this time of year. So uh, I guess vintage stuff doesn't really have a season in a sense. It's obviously older. Right. So there's stuff that you're seeing that I always, because people always say, give me a bolo. I, I go the opposite way. I would yeah. say, give me a nolo. What's something that's that you saw that was maybe not even vintage, but that's kind of like that's sold well, but it's not mm -hmm. doing so well anymore or something you just, just don't oh, yeah. do well. You know, Tommy Hilfiger is one of those brands where you could pull it from a thrift and you could sell it some of the shirts for two, three, four hundred dollars. And it's kind of went down. Like now you're selling the shirts for 20 to 25, but you have to sit on them for four or five months. And yeah. that's the thing is those brands will will trend. So they get really popular and then they die down. Then they get really popular again, like maybe next year, and then they'll die down. So right now, like what I do is like if I'm gonna go pick up any Tommy Hill figure, it's going to have to be unique for one. So like I picked up this Tommy Hill figure button up uh, like a month ago and I passed on probably 30 pieces, but I picked it up because it was a really cool, like Brown Paisley swirl. It was different then vintage shirt. And it was just totally unique. Yeah. And, um, I'll pick those kinds of things up or with the big flags. Um, but you know, those like certain brands will die down and pick back up. So the, the key is, is do not lower your price. Do not lower it. Yeah. Just, just keep it. Where, why do you want. Yeah. Yeah. Because then those prices lower than everybody else's lowers their price. And then it just, you're, you're pricing down to the bottom. And yeah. if you to just, the bottom. yeah. Yep. And literally I just sold, I don't know. It was like maybe four months ago. It was a Tommy Hilfiger women's extra small petite like rain jacket, but it was vintage and it was really cool. And I had that thing for like five months and I just held my price out and then I sold it for like 
Nice. Just, just like that. And sometimes yeah. you got to do that. Yeah, no, definitely. I've seen that. I've seen the same thing with Tommy. I, I know a lot of people talk about Nautica. I've had pretty Ooh, bad. I mean, I've had, oh, who's got, who sold? It wasn't me. Might've been Russ. I heard it's Ching. Oh, Russ, right, guilty. Nice. Nice. What, what did you sell, Russ? I've got a ton of military. Nope. Oh. It must've been a good sale because he just yeah. took off. He's like, see, <laughs> I just made a lot of money. Nice. So what were you saying, Mo, with Tommy? Yeah, well, I've never had good luck with Nautica. I know a lot of people sell. I know you have like the big logos, the big, I guess similar to Tommy, it's kind of that old, uh, like mm -hmm. a 20, 30-year-old brand. I've never had luck with either of those brands, to be honest, Tommy Hilfiger or Nautica. And there's a few others too. Um, but for some reason, I'm always dragging my heels when I say, I don't know how well you do with Nautica, but... Um, I don't actually find a lot of vintage Nautica. I find a lot of newer Nautica. Okay. And so my rule of thumb is if it's really bright and really, really cool, yeah. I'll pick it up for my full price is $3 and 99 cents at Goodwill. Okay. That's my full price. But if it's not, so basically what I found is there's one form of Nautica that's newer and it's called Nautica heritage. Okay. And that sells really good. I didn't even know about it. And I, I just thought the it was a polo. And I just thought it looked really, really cool. And it said nice. Nautica Heritage. And I listed it up. And the next morning, it was already sold for like $26.99. And I'm like, what? So I, I can see. No, you know what? Because with the way you're describing that and the other Tommy one you talked about, yeah. I kind of do that when I go through a thrift store. Before, I'll scan the aisles. And if something pops out to me, it doesn't matter what it is. I'll grab it and pick it up, look it up, and then I'll go through and I'll look at every tag because right. the way I think about it is look how small your phone is. And then in your phone, that little eBay picture is going to be about this big. Yep. And if you've got like a beige, whatever it is, it's not going to stand out. But if you have no. a bright, you know, like cross colors type crazy patterns yeah. or whatever, big logo then that's going to stand out more. Yeah. So I don't know much about fashion at all, to be honest. And really, like, if you want to talk about vintage and polo, the fastest sale I've ever had on, like, a shirt, like a like a hype beast type style 90 shirt, was I picked up a polo Ralph Lauren. It was a collar block rugby polo. And nice. it was, like, straight 90s. And that thing sold for, like, 69 bucks in, like, 30 minutes nice it was super quick but you just like i pick up a lot of vintage brands and what a lot of people don't understand is vintage brands don't always sell quick like yeah that's yeah. one thing where you have to have the right buyer i think so and i think that's why you said what you said earlier was key about not dropping your price like you know two weeks it hasn't sold okay i'm mm -hmm. gonna have to drop it because if you're like a thrift store shopper if you're a one-off shopper that mm -hmm. item has to find that one person so right. i mean if you're you know if you're buying 20 of these things then maybe that's a different story but right probably not but i mean um at least that's my the clothing that i have basically is all one-offs I'm not, I'm not right. sure. Is yours basically all one-offs? Are you doing more? Are you doing any wholesale or is it? Uh... Most of them are, but I am doing some wholesale. Um, and it's not a lot. Like it's a lot, some wholesale and like women's lingerie and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then I'm doing like other, I have other wholesale avenues, 
but I I've just started like dabbling in that about a couple months ago. Um, and I do a lot of one-offs, but I also do a lot of like new items and new in the box and nice. Like I just literally found and sold. Um, I bought two smoke detectors at a thrift store, brand new in the box. Okay. And you're never going to believe this. You're never going to believe it. But I, I picked them up for $8 for both of them and sold them both to the same person for $319. Wow. Were they gold plated? No, they were not gold plated. They were a hard wire smoke detector and they were contractor grade, but they were discontinued. Oh, so gotcha. they were going like on Amazon for 144 bucks. And I flipped them for about 159 a piece on eBay. That's crazy. That's I mean, awesome. right. Yeah. So I, I just like, I'm, I always try to expand in everything because my kind of how I, I run my business is I want to sell whatever's profitable. And in order to make profits, you can't just sell vintage clothing. I found that out at the start because I wasn't selling that much. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's what happened to me about two years ago. It kind of went, because like when I came back to reselling, I was doing mainly clothing. Mm-hmm. And then this is probably two, three years ago. And then all of a sudden Q4 ended and then you're in the slow season and then clo- yeah. clothing, obviously. And like I said, I'm not a big clothing. I don't buy whatever. My stuff is older. And then so then I had to diversify. So I kind of dropped away. So when I came back to clothing, I said, you know what? It can't be the only thing I do. Yeah. Um, and those- I start. I started out in hard goods on eBay. All okay. hard goods. I, I ran away from clothing because I was terrified of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, you hear some horror stories and now, I mean, there's new horror stories out there now. I mean, the, especially new clothing with me, I'm still kind of not there. Um, mm-hmm. Women's clothing I don't touch, children's clothing, I'm very specifically men's, mainly vintage, I'd say 75%. Mm-hmm. Um, I do do some new stuff, but not really, um, which is not good. I need to diversify yeah. more, but I mean. And, and I started selling women's clothing too. Like I just started selling women's clothing like last month. Okay. And that's made up like 50% of my sales. Nice. And are you doing I, that I, only I, on eBay or is that uh, other places too? Right now, only on eBay. So I okay. have I have one main account and I have a secondary smaller account. I only have some books listed on now, okay. but I'm going to be listing on that account more. I'm just really what I'm trying to do is grow my first account, my main account. I have a premium store, so I'm trying to grow it to a thousand listings continually or more. And then I started listing on Mercari, uh, I think last week and I'm trying that out and I'll still, so my goal is I'm going to be listing on, I'm going to pick like as many platforms as I can. Cause I think as a reseller, you need to have, multiple platforms you're selling on definitely but i'm gonna not cross post or cross list anything i'm gonna source new items for every single platform and okay. integrate it into the same inventory system okay i mean that that makes sense you're never gonna have the the issue where you sell one and then you have to scramble just in right. case you sell it again well i'm not even afraid of that i just like my vision is i want to overall like i want to grow right so in order to grow if you're just cross posting stuff you're just getting those items seen more so you're not gonna list anymore you're gonna sell more which is good but then you kind of 
you kind of hit a plateau, right? True. Right. Yeah. That's true. Actually, what I like about that idea is that what you're essentially doing is you're having one system for multiple businesses. Yeah. So it's got you got eBay, but maybe on eBay you're selling shoes. And on Macari, maybe you're selling you know, vintage shirts or whatever it is. Right. But I mean, so I, I actually think that's a good way in terms of, because I'm really badly organized because I showed you my story. <laughs> like, yeah, not good. But I mean, if you have that, at least it's kind of like an inventory system before you even start an inventory system because you've already divided mm -hmm. it. So that's yep. cool. So let me, that's a good segue actually, because I know nothing about Macari. I never sold on it at all. Could you go through how that was since you're just starting up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was the easiest thing I've ever done. First oh, off, cool, cool. And so I actually cross. The only thing I cross listed was bubble mailers because I have an entire twelve by nineteen. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> but um, literally, I took my pictures and I loaded them up in the Macari app. I, I listed it all from my phone. Setting. In the storage bin parking lot, I did four listings. Nice. And nice. I, uh, it has you type a title. The title, they give you less words than eBay, so you no. have to be, you have to be very careful on what okay. you use, because you get like I think it's less than forty. It's forty characters, I think. Right. Okay. And I think eBay, I think they give you a little bit more than that. They might, they might not, but it seemed like a lot less. I don't know why. And then you just type a short description and then the shipping, you set it and it's, it's by a range. So they have like one to, I think one to three pounds and then like uh, over three to like five. And you just pick that and it's the shipping on like a four pound item is like nine bucks priority. What? Yeah. They, they, they actually negotiated better rates for that than eBay. I mean, I, I, yeah, I've always wondered about how eBay negotiated their rates, but I mean, what's yeah. interesting about what you just said is the lowest rate is a one to three pound. That's the very lowest shipping rate. Yeah. And it's usually about the, uh, it doesn't differ much. Like it might be like nine bucks and then the up, the upper one's like 1060. Okay. I think what they did then is they figured what's the lowest we can go. Maybe they went slightly above it and then, so they'll never lose yeah. money, but never. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. The shipping's a lot cheaper, and you can choose to either pay it yourself or have your buyer pay pay it. You know, so nice. Easy does PG. the shipping go? How do they do the shipping? Um, when you pay it, does it come right out of out of that cell, or do you have to? You know how eBay does. So you're going to pay shipping on a different. Well, I'm not for sure I, yet because I haven't sold anything yet. Okay. But but um, I know they pay you out. So this this is a little weird. It's a little different. But they, you have to have a minimum. I think it's like twenty dollars or maybe thirty, and then you just direct deposit it right to your bank account. Oh, so they do it in chunks then? Yeah, so you get to do it in chunks. But honestly, on Mercari, I don't think I would list anything below twenty dollars. I think my average item, I would make sure it's around twenty bucks. To be okay. honest. That makes sense because I'm just wondering because do they is it domestic? I mean, I'm assuming they go internationally as well, or is it just domestic only? I think it's just domestic. Okay, I'm almost positive because they that only give you for the shipping rates you're talking about. Then yeah, because they only really give you about two shipping options, and it's either USPS priority or it's uh, I think it's uh, it might be it's either UPS or FedEx. 
FedEx. I think it's okay. FedEx, but the FedEx is way high. It's about two to $3 higher. Gotcha. So I just do priority USPS because that's where I ship. I ship mostly that and first class anyway. So, Okay. That's exciting though. I mean, to be honest, I've dragged, like, I think I told you this last time I've technically started Poshmark. I think I listed 25 things. Nice. It was similar sounding to what you said. Yeah. Um, I haven't sold anything, but then again, I haven't really followed up with it. Right. Um, which is not good. Um, I'm yeah, I'm still basically kind of like, a. I do basically FBA merch and eBay. Those are the nice. three main ones for me. But then, nice. Okay. Okay. But then, if you since you're dividing up stuff, is it still is eBay still like? If would you say Macari is more for newer stuff then, or is it? Um, I would say Macari is really for just about anything. And I I actually when Macari first came out, okay, the sellers on there, oh man, they were not good. And you could you could source vintage concert T-shirts off there for like five bucks, nice. and I was flipping them on eBay for like forty and fifty. Jeez. <laughs> uh, all right that's a perfect segue actually because i i know that you're big on vintage t-shirts yeah so my thing is i see obviously we all see a lot of t-shirts yeah what's the i mean biggest giveaway easiest takeaway in terms of uh telling what a fake t-shirt is one that or maybe not a fake t-shirt one that's not vintage okay so it's always going to be the tag all right okay. the tag is the biggest thing and i can tell you this on makari if you are going to source on there, be very careful because people will have the shirts with the print on tags and they yeah. say they're vintage just because they have an old rock band. Not the case. Yeah. And I'm going to show you this right now. Uh, so this is one of my finds. I picked it up for $3 and 99 cents. And this is a vintage 19. I think it's a 94. Yeah. 1994 Metallica ride the lightning t-shirt. Nice. And it is, true vintage it is in 1994 uh, i think i'll probably it has a lot of issues that's the beautiful thing about concert t-shirts is if they have holes you can still sell them because people like that it gives it character yeah so the tag for me is giant okay is is not a lot of a brand that people hear about but a lot of concert venues i know printed that but the tag is here and it has you know it's actual actual tag and then obviously it's made in el salvador so when you look at it you're like oh that might not be vintage but then a lot of your concert t-shirts will have this little thing on the very bottom of the picture and it'll give a date and it's 1994 is the date nice and that's now a lot of them will be printed on like fruit of the loom or anvil and you can tell like those old tags as soon as you look at it and it says made in the USA. Yeah. The the kicker is usually if they're like 70s to early 80s, they're usually made or printed on like Fruit of the Loom and they're 50-50. 50% polyester, 50% cotton. And those are the are the you know for a fact it's made in the USA. It's that I can just literally walk through the thrift store now and look at the tags and I'm like, nope, that's fake. <laughs> That's awesome. Cause you know what? It's funny you say the 50 50 because I picked up a, this is a concert t-shirt. It's like an old boy scouts t-shirt. It's orange has oh, like wow. that crew neck thing, but yep. it says 50 50 on the tag though. Yep. I mean, they're not going for much, but I like the the tag was the giveaway. Right. It was a thick tag. Right. Um, and it was kind of obviously they, well, why would you waste your money reproducing right. that tag? And that was, that shirt's made in El Salvador. That's, that's okay. mid nineties, but 
most of your like really vintage shirts, like 80, uh, 88 to before is all going to be USA. Okay. Like, like this right here is uh so I picked this up today and it's probably not going to sell for a whole lot, but it was half off. So it was like 90 cents, but this is a vintage, uh, chaps, Ralphler and tie. And I like, I really liked, it's like a, a leaf kind of Hawaiian kind of, kind of, uh, really cool. has like some coconuts on it. And I maybe, and I thought it would sell really well. So how I told, like how I, how I looked at it was I looked at the tag on the tie and it's made in the USA. Now I know it's hundred percent made in the USA, but chaps Ralph Lauren, if it's literally before like 92 around there, they, they printed everything overseas. Okay. Like big companies like that. If you can find something made in the USA, you know, for a fact it's, and Ralph Lauren and also Polo for a very, very short time made shirts in the USA because Polo Ralph Lauren almost went bankrupt like back in the 80s. Like they almost lost their entire company. So they so, were printing, they were making stuff on the cheap. Nice, nice. That That's good to know. I, I didn't know that actually because I figured, every, yeah. And then the other thing you said about the printing on the bottom of the shirt there. Um, I noticed that because uh, I have a friend who sold me like three or four WWF t-shirts. They're oh, probably yeah. all 96 to 99. And it says it at the bottom, right at the bottom there, 1998. Yep. And then in little tiny little prints. Yep. So it's one, yep. one of the but there, giveaways. There is so much, like, I'm not even going to lie. I never really picked to sell vintage. I think it chose me. Um <laughs> Like, but the thing is, is there's so much that I've had to teach myself about vintage stuff because sometimes it's really hard to tell. Um, That's what worries me, uh, especially because I know there's another thing that you were selling. You were selling, like, uh, I think you talked about orange tags uh, with Levi's. Yeah, or, orange uh, Levi orange tag. Oh, yeah. I've always had the biggest trouble with jeans. I, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. I freak me out in terms of listing them and everything like that. So, I mean, how do you tell if something's like an older, I guess, yeah. Levi's, I know they're super old, but I mean like say, mm -hmm. you know, seventies, eighties, nineties, somewhere in there. So all your like seventies and eighties Levi's, most of us again, going to be printed in the USA, but so the shirts like that, the money is in the old Levi's shirts and they're chambray shirts. Okay. okay. And these things sell, like hotcakes. Um, and I found an old one at a thrift. The first one I ever found like over the summer, last summer. And it was an old chambray's Levi shirt. And you could just tell because the writing was like kind of in cursive and it had the orange tag right on the pocket. Yeah. And it was just a different cause chambray feels really, it looks like denim, but it's yeah. not. Is it and like I, more coarse kind of a little bit or it's more like it's softer. Kind okay, of. the opposite then. Okay, gotcha. And that thing sold for like 70 bucks in four or five hours. Like it was super quick. It sold to someone in North Hollywood, which was even crazier. Oh, wow. <laughs> you also, um, mo, you know, the old Big E. You always look for that Big E. Oh, yeah. The Big E. Now, the Big E, I've never found a pair of those. Same here. <laughs> those things it. are the holy grail of Levi's. 
I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen Blue Gold, that documentary that they made. Uh-uh. I'm going to have to watch that, though. It sounds watch that. really cool. It's, I mean, I remember for like a good week or two, I, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to go find some jeans. I bought some. I probably bought some fakes or some useless <laughs> jeans. I, I've re I think I've sold two pairs of jeans ever. Yeah. But I was looking for them because this guy literally, long story short, buy, buys them here and he has these big guys he buys, he sells for in Japan and all mm -hmm. over the country, actually. I'm talking about like $500 a pair. Wow. I don't know where he's getting these things because these are like super holy grail jeans. Yeah. These aren't like you're running the mills. Right. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, you got to watch that. Blue Gold, I think it's called. That's well, and see, like some of the Levi's, like, the orange tags still don't sell great. So like I sold a pair of Levi's jeans, but they were all black and they were orange tag and I sold them for $29.99. Took a little while to sell them, but the reason they'll sell for about 30 bucks is they're orange tag. They're not as old, um, but hipsters, the hipsters like to wear them. Gotcha. Yeah. So what about like silver tabs? Do they still make that? Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they make those anymore. I I think if I remember right, those sell for okay, but you have to get them very cheap. And if I buy silver tabs, it'll be like at a at a garage sale or okay. um something like that. But for the most part, like there's certain Levi's jeans, and I can't remember. I I usually pick them up. I think they're five oh fives. I if I can get those for a dollar or less, I will always pick them up. Cause I go to the bins a lot and um, I'll pick those up because it's about 25, 26 bucks sometimes 24 or something like that. Okay. So, so decent. And uh, yeah, cause I've, yeah, like I said, I've never done well with jean, like pant mm -hmm. jeans. Mm -hmm. What I've done okay with are jean jackets. I don't think I've ever not sold a jean jacket. Um, as long as it was either Lee or Levi's. Um, right. Sure. I think, yeah, you know the Sherpas are the best. Oh yeah, in my opinion. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I those mean, things sell for crazy money. Yeah, and they sell quick. Yeah, yeah. The only one I didn't, the only one somebody questioned me on was I should, probably shouldn't have picked it up. It was a yellow guest jeans jean jacket. It was a women's size, like medium. Oh, wow. and it sat and sat and sat and sat and sat. And then I got a question saying, "Is this real?" So then I pulled <laughs> it because I got nervous. I'm like, uh. <laughs> see and, I, and i've had that a lot too and i've had people that will message me and say what's the source of where you got this at and i'm like i don't have to tell you no. <laughs> i yeah, can tell you protection it's... for that we hit you know we have often the yeah. uh, let me give you the address real fast here you go yeah. yeah we've got yeah no ebay protects them and us on that yep so. and and i i you know i don't say it that rude but i just i right. usually tell them this came from an estate sale. Even if it came from a thrift store, I always put it came from an estate sale or, um, you know, an avenue, something similar to that. And I'll say I have been selling vintage for a long time and I know exactly, you know, and I will point out the things of what makes it yeah. real. And then usually they're like, okay, cool. Shane, you, you said a little bit ago, you, you said something about the knowledge you've had to gain and, and what you've mm -hmm. had to learn. What were some of your techniques uh, for learning that knowledge? You know, I mean, we always have Google and all that. Yeah. But what are some of the other things you did to gain that knowledge of, of the vintage clothing? All right. So, and 
this may not be a lot of like what people want to hear, but you carry a computer in your pocket all day long, 24 seven, 365, right? I have my phone on me almost all the time. So I, I, like I said, I started out selling hard goods on eBay. I never sold clothing. And I, I knew personally, I was going to have to get into clothing to make money because that's what's available in my area in abundance. Right. So, and I still do this to this day. Okay. I will go to a new area in the thrift store every time I go and I will research as much as I can on my phone, on eBay. Mm -hmm. And I learned that, that new, those new items. So I just, I, I research and I research and I pick a brand and research. And that's literally what I did with vintage stuff is I just researched, but I also would sit at home. And if I was like watching a movie with my wife and kids, I would just get my laptop out and I would start, I would just type in eBay and go to completed. And I would just type in vintage and type in, and I would just scroll through the listings and, and look at them. And I did this for months and months you know, nice. just looking yeah. at vintage clothing on eBay. And then I started just finding it. And I'm like, wow, I just found that. Oh, my gosh, I just found that. And, you know, it's it's a brush, like, when you find it. But that's what you have to do is you, if you want to get into vintage clothing, you literally just go to the clothing rack and look for something that looks old and stands out, and then you just research it. The, yeah. our, our theme of our podcast is always research equals knowledge equals profits yep and that's 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 it right there you have yep. to put the time in for the research exactly. and even even if like you're sitting at home like and your family's watching a movie get your laptop out okay go to ebay and then type in the most ridiculous things that you want to look up like just hit complete listings and type in like crazy vintage shirt or like just really ridiculous things and then you can also get brands and pull brands from that and then you could write down like tommy hilfiger paisley or you know collar block polo shirts or collar block shirts and then you just kind of just snowball off of that and you, and you just start gaining all this knowledge about it <laughs> no i mean that's i mean it's as simple and as difficult in the same in the same line as that but i mean like for example we all live in different parts of the country and you doing that in Illinois, and then I'm doing this at home. Russ is doing that in his area. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know, for example, Goodwills, because everyone talks about, oh, the prices are bad in their area. They're not. Um, you don't know what they're going to get in terms of surplus stuff they get, like the Rosses, right. Marshalls, Goodwills. So you may be getting something in your part of the country nobody else has. Nobody right. else knows about. Nobody else can get that discounted price. Um, and you could be looking at a product maybe that's only discounted in your city, in your county, yeah. not anywhere else. So yeah. you know, and take I, advantage. I've even made decent money off Ross. Like I haven't, I, I don't tend to go to Ross a lot, but like I found an, um, one good product. It was an Omni shade. Um, it was an Omni shade Columbia fishing like button up and it was 11 bucks. And I bought like three of them and sold them all for like 41 for 46, one for 42, one for like 45. And uh, that was about what they were going for 40 and up. So, 
that's awesome because i mean i know because just living in california we get a lot of stuff obviously people the easiest one to think about is like sporting teams your area mm -hmm. you're going to have your sporting teams your colleges regardless right um but like for us for example i think i was looking at i was watching a video somebody was talking about like cowboy boots and western shirts and stuff oh, yeah and we don't get that much of that here maybe some of the shirts but not really we don't really have uh like boots uh definitely not hats or anything like that in this area at all if we do they'll be super high priced. so i yeah. just wonder like if you were in the south in texas in a mm -hmm. place where you would see an abundance of cowboy related stuff what does that go for is it less is that, i mean that's just as, as an example yeah. Well, um, and for, for me, like in Illinois, there's tons of Western shirts and cowboy boots. Okay. Every thrift I walk into, there's racks of Western shirts because I'm in a unique part of Illinois and I live in the middle of the state. So I live two hours from Indianapolis, two hours from St. Louis, two hours from Chicago. I live 40 nice. minutes from Peoria, 40 minutes from Springfield, 20 minutes from Champaign, 20 minutes from Bloomington. So this oh. is why your airport is the busiest in the country, man. Yep. I mean, <laughs> yep. And that's why I live in like two hours of almost every major city in the Midwest. Nice. <laughs> nice. So do you see that? Like when you go and do you go to like, because I know a lot of people talk about like they go to auctions and they're different in different areas. I don't know if you've gone to like physical auctions yeah. as well. Um, yep. And do you see like differences when you go to those? Um, because the ones I see around here are kind of, let's say hoity-toity or the opposite they're like out of like literally out of a storage unit where they just kind of store this stuff nothing in between yeah some of my auctions are like there's some i know that i try to stay away from unless i just randomly go if i'm bored because i know that the prices are going to be so high i can't touch anything right. to resell so yeah. I'll just occasionally go. And then there's those auction houses where I go with a wad of cash because I know I'm going to spend it. And there was this one auction house about 30 minutes from me. And I try to go. I've only went like once this year. Um, but they sell tons of new in the box stuff like cookware sets. And and depending on, on the day and who's there, because it's all about who is there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. There's this one guy that recognized me off YouTube and he sells on Amazon and he buys up everything. He merch fulfills everything. And he has like three storage sheds at his house that he's Jeez. filled up. And I can't, I can't outbidding. He outbids me every single time, but if he's not there, I can get stuff for super cheap. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah I, I kind of with you in the sense that the ones i've been to because i do a lot of pickups from auction houses uh, yeah. on the shipping side not so much buying but i see these and i because i've literally been to these places where they're selling stuff that are in the you know tens of something i wouldn't be able to bid on tens of thousands right and they've got like the big screen they've got a line of people on the phones and they've got like people stand like i don't know what they're wow. called but people on the phone talking to somebody some big wig on the other side of the country that's so crazy those, yeah no i have never been to an auction like that because usually my auctioneers all wear cowboy hats and cowboy boots and they're I like, want to go to one of those it's I super mean, like, like farm auction type like it's really really cool now, farm auctions are the best to me. Yeah. Man, you, you just don't know what you're going to run into. No, 
there's this one auction that it only happens twice a year and it's all outdoors on wagons and it's just all day long just oh, oh. is that like equipment as well and like you know farm like the heavy equipment as well no or? no a lot of it's like um like uh building materials gotcha. and then you have like cast iron stuff and just antiques and it's really cool and you can sometimes get like the nice cast iron tractor seats for like 10 bucks is Jeez. that the one over near mattoon yeah yeah yep yeah yep yeah i've been to that years and years ago yep i and i actually yeah. grew up down by mattoon so i it's how i know about it yep yeah Wow. That was that was where I I did some of my first yeah. sourcing with my yeah. That's an awesome auction. I mean, it's just great. It's fun, you know. And I mean, that's not cheap stuff too that you're describing there. And then mm. you can pick it up for next to nothing. You're saying? I mean, well, and that's more south of me. And the farther you go south, okay. the, the bigger your bankroll gets, and the farther it goes. So I'm up like in the northern part of illinois but as far when you go start going south and more south it's poor communities it's super blue collar and they don't have a lot of money gotcha and so it's, if you it's massive farm community yep. i mean that's yep. what they did you know everybody was a farmer down there yep yeah so the stuff and they you're save looking everything yeah farmers save every yeah. piece of equipment yeah. yeah every bolt every nut every everything and like what Russ is saying, like that's the also the pro is because they're not looking to resell it. They're bidding on stuff they can use. You're bidding on stuff to resell, so most of them aren't even going to bid on it. Wow, because right. I mean that that's I mean I've only seen an auction like that on a show. Like I don't know, I know they're not auctions, but like American Pickers that type of thing, like giant mm -hmm. areas with like. Barns filled and filled and filled and filled with stuff. Oh yeah, Jeez. Mo, you would be amazed. Like it's just, it's like acres and acres of wagons just with stuff on. That would be awesome. And it's I, quick too. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they they roll through. And if you're not, if you're talking to a buddy, you may miss something you've yeah. been looking at. I mean, you you got to be on, got to be on point. Well, and I think that one they run like three or four auction rings. At once. At once, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's really quick. Jeez. So if my wife goes with me, I have her stand over here, and I'm like, bid on anything that goes that's really cheap. Like, I give her a price, and she'll go there, and then I'll go to one, and it's quick. Yeah. The only thing I went that's similar to that, I went to a car auction, and those go fast, and obviously those are outdoors, yeah. so you can test them out. And, yeah, no, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to try bidding. I was like, 22 i'm like all right mm -hmm. let's get a cheap porsche like yeah right I mean, that's, not gonna, <laughs> that's not gonna work cheap with the 600 dollars i have in my pocket so no <laughs> but you know what i can i can take any day of the week monday through sunday and i can go to an auction anytime i want that's awesome living in the midwest that's what you got i can go to indiana I, and i can i could get to an auction every night of the week if i really wanted to because around here it's mainly the main what they do is they push them online mm -hmm. and then so that maybe there is a similar stuff but it's all online because they want to grab the entire country i guess yeah um or they're kind of those hoity-toity ones i described so well, it's kind of yeah it's kind of I, I wish i could go to one that like you're describing 
Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over your moment. Um, that used to be a social event, too. Mm -hmm. And you know, that was where the town got together once a month. Um, you know, they, I mean, we used to go to auctions and there'd be, it was, it was basically a barbecue party. Nice. And yeah, you know, they would just get together, start auctioning the stuff off and, and, oh, hey, how you doing? How you doing? You know, it, it was a, it was a cool time. So yeah, it's good that, that yeah. they're still keeping that up and good. You're nailing yeah. it. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and Mo or Russ, if you guys are ever in the area, let me know. I'll, I'll, we'll go to some auctions. So I'd love to. We got to get Mo out of California. That's I know. I know. I know. California. I've been stuck here too. I'm originally from England, so this is, <laughs> this is. I've been. St I get stuck in places for too long, so I need. I need to expand <laughs> my horizons a little bit. But uh, yes, I think we've we've kept uh, Shane here for an hour now, and I I don't want to abuse his time, but uh, I'd like to actually ask you now if you'd like to come back. Any you have an open invitation to come to any of our shows? Definitely, I I'd be happy um, to. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. Easy to talk to because yeah. I'm awkward and you're very the opposite. You're very easy to talk to. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be happy to. I mean, I think that uh, it's a lot of fun and I like hanging out with you and Russ. And we all three of us, like we have, we source and I can tell we do things differently, but we all have a ton of knowledge. Yep, exactly, exactly. And before I forget, I want to have you plug uh, your channel. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, it's Rise and Grind Picker, and then I'm also on the Reseller Six Pack Show uh, every Sunday. Yep. And so just come over there, or you can come to my channel and sub, and you're going to get a lot of awesome content. And some of it's bad, some of it's good, but you know, just be a judge <laughs> of that. And the links are down below. And then I'll add the Reseller Six Pack too. I forgot that. I got to eat that. I'll add that. It's all going to be right below. If anybody's watching out there, please sub his channel. It's really, really good. Um, and you'll learn a lot more than you'll learn right here. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. Me... I don't know about that. I like watching. <laughs> I like watching you guys. It's awesome. All right. Cool. So, for my, how's it, uh, Russ? Anything else? Any last words? No. Just I want to stress to people that that our theme and how Shane nails it. You know that pro tip of research equals knowledge equals profit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So for us at the Reseller Nation Podcast, you can check us out uh, on YouTube. Uh, please check us out on iTunes if you can as well. And then uh, we have a mini Facebook group, Reseller Nation Podcast Facebook group. And for myself, Russ, and Shane, we will talk to you next time. Have a good one. Go Cardinals. Thank you for listening to the Reseller Niche Podcast. Show notes and social media links are located at resellerniche.com. Please like and subscribe to us on iTunes.